0: Hello, and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I'm Vanessa Grace, your host. Today, I wanted to talk about the phrase, making others happy. I feel like this is a phrase that comes up a lot in society, and that is a th- like, it's almost like this underlying theme that is in codependency, and we talk about this theme a lot. Sometimes with this phrasing and sometimes just in other ways. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, You can go follow me on Instagram at Soul Amplified. If you're into Instagram and are interested in learning more things about codependency and psychology and spirituality stuff, I would love to have you and just You know, enjoy and lean in and learn what you can. So, okay, the first kind of therapeutic thing that comes to mind when I hear the phrase making others happy is that you, of course, can't make other be happy, other people be happy with like the emphasis on make, make as in like force, like you can't force someone else to be happy because we each have our own free will and we each have our own choice. But I think what people often mean when they say making others happy is more like a cause effect. Like, I would like to engage in activities that cause happiness in the people that I care about and the people around me because that is a generous, wonderful thing. And of course, we would like it if people were happy. I mean, that's the general thing that we're going for in life. Maybe not everybody, but I feel like a lot of people want happiness. So maybe, you know, what we're really saying when we talk about making other people happy, is that we would like to have that cause um, in them. And it's not that we are the only source of happiness, but we don't want to cause the opposite of happiness. We don't want to cause unhappiness in others. So now we're getting into what we're trying to not cause, right? So are we trying to not cause unhappiness or just kind of a banal neutrality Or are we um, going for the happiness or are we avoiding the unhappiness? And in our choices, there can actually be a subtle difference with that. Are we only making the other person happy enough, attempting to make them happy enough to avoid the unhappy? Because maybe we're attempting to avoid how that person behaves when they are unhappy. Do we actually care if they are happy? Or do we care about avoiding the behavior when they are unhappy? Of course, today is not really structured, and I'm just kind of riffing on the different kind of thoughts that I have about this. So just to give you a heads up, this isn't probably going to end up in being a neat package of how you are to proceed with like, three steps of what to do next or five things that you can try. That's probably not going to end up um, being part of this, but you can follow along the meanderings of my mind as I'm sharing with you the different ways that you can perceive this phrasing making others happy. So another element of this Beyond, are you trying to avoid unhappiness in the other or cause happiness? And are you trying to force them or is it coming from a place of um, desire of cause and effect? So the other element that I want to talk about is possibility. Does this other person have the possibility of being happy and um, will Does the other person have the will to be happy? Do they have their own inner desires to be happy? Do they think that it is possible for themselves to be happy? I've been a therapist for a long, long time, and sometimes people just don't think goodness is possible for them. I've had conversations with people, uh, you know, about a variety of emotional states or topics or relationships, and they're like, I'm just not sure... That I can do that. I'm not sure. I'm built that way. Things don't seem to work out that way for me. And so, in their self-perception, sometimes there is this baked-in perception that something is not possible for them. Now, I believe that many, many, many things are possible if we are willing to change belief systems. If we're trilling, if we're willing to try something new. But if they're un, if another person is unwilling to choose that they can be happy and they can believe that it's possible for them, you have no, um, you're you're not going to break through and convince them or quote unquote, make them be happy if they don't believe it's possible for them. Now they can independently um, through observing your reactions and through interactions with you have a change of heart But do you want to hang your happiness? And this is another layer now. Do you want to hang your happiness and feeling of fulfillment and worth in life? Not that all those things go together, but sometimes they do. Do you want to hang your hat on, 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 and your happiness on whether or not the other person is capable of becoming happy? If you feel like you can only be happy if the other person is happy and they are not willing to be happy. They don't believe it's possible to be happy. And there's a lot of psychological reasons around that. Now you're hanging your hat on a potential impossibility. And now is this more like a challenge for you because of what it means to you on some deeper level? Or is it still just this, you know, lighthearted, um maybe not lighthearted but almost like light like the light within you desires happiness in others but is it getting to the point where you have too much ownership over whether or not they are happy and you can't you may not have the skills or the ability or you might not just be the right person to cause them to see their life differently to change their mind um or, or open them up to something so that they believe it is possible for them to be happy. Maybe they have too many past experiences that have resulted in traumas um, and walls being built up around them and um, psychological protectors because a lot of us have protectors inside of us to keep dangerous things at bay. If they have too many walls, if they have too many protectors, if they have too much um, kind of trauma response, PTSD type of stuff um, built up inside of them so that they don't believe happiness is possible for them, how much of yourself are you willing to sacrifice to cause happiness in them? Or is it to force happiness on them? Or is it to cause yourself to be happy because now they are happy? And now, now we're talking about your motivation. Now we're talking about what is motivating you to make others happy. Is it because your life is miserable if this other person isn't happy because you live together or because you're partnered or married or because they are your child and you love them and you disdain to see your child suffer? Of course, we don't enjoy seeing other people suffer But at what point is it that person's choice to avoid the healing process so that they are not healing themselves? And how much are you in charge of another adult's healing? How much of yourself do you have to lay on the altar and sacrifice yourself so that the other person can achieve happiness when they do not possibly have a vested interest in this? What... Is your motivation? Is it possible for you to be happy when this other person is not happy, unhappy, sometimes happy, variably happy? Because there's a lot of levels of happy. I think that knowing your internal motivation is one of the most important things in healing your codependency. Because an action that you do as observed by another person could look innocent um, and just generous. But if we look into it, we could see that you are doing that action so that you can be perceived in a certain way and receive love and approval because you fear rejection. Um, And so doing that action was actually codependent. And it was codependent because you were only doing it to have an emotional need met or because you feared something and so you did behaviors to avoid it so that you could achieve um, a state of equilibrium or happiness or inner satisfaction because so now you potentially um, have done something for another that maybe was fine and maybe didn't get in the way of your life, but maybe did. And so externally, it looked generous and kind and good to the other person. Um, But inside, when we examine it, your motivation wasn't good and pure. Now, if you have no inner need for other people to approve of you, in, in terms of, like, we all want to be loved and approved of by others. But we don't need to get rid of parts of ourselves that we like to please somebody else. And we don't need to step on parts of our life and make ourselves a uh, more inconvenient life so that others will like us because we like ourselves enough and the people that are in our lives like our true selves. And so then if we do the same action from that place of we feel whole, regardless of what the people observing that action are going to perceive of us, then that action is like a clean, non-codependent action. And how many of your actions are rooted in... Um, How others will perceive them, or how you want others to think of you, or whether or not you can cause another to be happy, or cause another to not be unhappy. Because then, what if? What if they don't like you? What if they're mean to you? I mean, there are people in the world who have drastic circumstances in their lives and in their homes. And they are experiencing codependency as a survival skill from living with an addict, from living with someone who doesn't have any emotional regulation, from living with a person who is straight up abusive, who is toxic, who is narcissistic, who is um, self-serving. And so, you know, you are taking a lot of Um, are making a lot of choices and taking a lot of actions to avoid their negativity and to cause the kind of behavior that is most positive for you. And so then it's more like they're manipulating you to their will because of their emotional state and their emotional inner um, turmoil, drama, whatever, psychological situation was whipped up in their history to create either the circumstances in their life or to create the genetics or to create the hormonal um, balance or imbalances that they have. But they are responsible for solving all of that, not you. If you're in that situation right now, Honey, my heart goes out to you and I'm glad that you are listening to this because taking all of this in and all the episodes that I have out there right now can really help you switch your mindset to slowly understand what you can be doing differently for yourself and to be safe. But if that person is not interested in learning about themselves... You cannot make them be happy. Do they want to be happy? I often go back to, and I've probably shared this on here before, but I think it's really relevant because I've held on to it for 20 years. When I was in my bachelor's degree, one of my professors said, um, again, this is a social work degree that I was getting. He said that you cannot work harder than the client, and if you are working harder than the client, then what vested interest do you have in their change, and why are you so vested that you're willing to work harder than them, and if they're not working hard on themselves um, or barely working on themselves in terms of the social worker-client dynamic, then they don't seem very interested in changing their circumstances or their life. So why should you work that hard to change their life when they're not even willing to put as much skin in the game as you? And and that's just social worker client relationship. And so that really stuck with me and I, by the way, have totally messed that up a gajillion times professionally and personally, because hello, I figured out I was codependent. And so in retrospect, I can see all the different ways that I did not do that. Um, but I can now see the times, I'll, okay, I had times that I did it and I had times that I didn't do it. And so I want, basically, I want you to take that in and notice if you're working harder than your spouse on helping them change. If you're working harder than your partner on helping them change. If you're working harder than your adult child on helping them change. And I would include in that sometimes teenagers because they are becoming adults and they have a lot of independence that children, younger children don't have and are making up their own minds about things. And so they're still... You can still influence them, obviously, because I worked with teenagers for years and years and years. That was my main um, client that I enjoyed working with, with teenagers. And so they're definitely, you know, still moldable. Um, But who are, who are you trying to change? Are you trying to change them? Do they want to be different than what they are? And how much of yourself are you willing to invest in that? And a lot of this, I feel like, does really come down to can you make other people happy? You guys, thanks for listening to this episode today. Um, hop on over to Instagram and let me know in the DMs what you thought of it. Let me know if there are episode topics or guests that you would like to have on, either a specific person or a topic. And if you enjoyed this episode, please also head on over to, um, podcasts on iTunes and leave a review, um, and, a, a comment, like, you know, the five-star review in the comments, um, because that helps this podcast reach more people. Thank you so much, and my dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875 to spread this message far and wide. Screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.